Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. It's summertime soon. We all want to go outside and enjoy the sun. But as much as we love it, exposure to the sun can cause skin damage, wrinkles, cancer, and more. How can you tell if that little brown mole is something to worry about or just a gift from the sun? Well, today we're going to review the warning signs of skin cancer and discuss ways to restore the younger look of our 20s and 30s while hoping to look our best. It can be done. Cosmetic dermatology expert Dorothy Maurice is here. She's going to talk about skin concerns and share the secrets of anti-aging that anyone can consider going either to the department store, to the pharmacy, or to your dermatologist. After all, it's never too early and never too late to protect the skin. As always, you're part of this show, too. You can join our conversation, 941-3689, toll-free, 877-941-3689. Dorothy, I'm going to put you on the spot, but first, we'll talk about spots, and then then we'll talk about wrinkle creams, because you know I want to know. I've always wanted to know. (laughs) I, I want to know exactly which one I should go get. But let's first talk about, you know, they have this little mnemonic, the ABCDEs of of skin cancer, because, you know, certainly before we talk about how to make the skin pretty, let's talk about ways in which it doesn't look good and that are serious and need to be checked out. So tell me a little bit about the ABCDEs of skin cancer. Sure. The ABCDEs of skin cancer mainly refer to um, the skin cancer melanoma, which is the most serious skin cancers. And the A stands for asymmetry, where one half does not match the other half. So it looks, you know, it doesn't look equal at all. Like a butterfly would look equal. It's pretty symmetric. Asymmetry would be one half does not match the other. The B would stands for borders as it being irregular or scallop or just very unusual borders. That's not a good sign. Definitely you would want to have a mole or a brown spot that has irregular borders looked at by dermatologists. Uh, C stands for colors. Reds, blacks are not good. So if you have a, a particular mole that has been changing, and you're concerned, you can try to remember the A, B, C, D, E's of it. Um, So as far as D, we're looking for diameter more than 6 millimeters or about 6 millimeters, which is basically the size of the tip of the eraser on a pencil. And E for evolving, if it's changing, or elevation, if it's raising up. So those are the particulars of um, the melanoma signs that we want to be careful and absolutely get it checked out by a board-certified dermatologist. All right. So we don't want to get melanoma. We don't want to get weird, jagged, ugly, multicolored-looking moles. If you do, go get them checked out. All right. But the sun can also cause those, those basal cell, those squamous cell, those other types of cancers. And we've talked about that before in the show, how to recognize some of those. And even I, you know, I'll see people show me a funny mole in the office and I'll go, that just looks weird. I just, you know, I don't want to say it's nothing. It probably is nothing, but go get it checked out, like you said. Always good. I kind of feel like people in dermatology have sort of like x-ray vision, like Superman (laughs) or Superwoman vision, because they can look at something and say, I think this is going to change to be something else. Therefore, we should do X, Y, or Z about it. Or, hey, it looks like nothing. Don't worry about it. So they kind of have this, this futuristic vision that they can take a look at something and check it out. 
So let's talk a little bit about other things that the sun can do. So we know it can cause bad troubles with skin cancer. We know it can cause melanoma, those ugly moles. We've got those other types of skin cancer that people should be concerned about. Okay, let's talk about wrinkles. Because that's another thing that the sun can do. And the only current anti-aging proven treatment is really sunscreen. Absolutely. So there's different types of sunscreen. There's the topical sunscreen. There's the chemical sunscreen. Which one do I want? So um, in terms of a topical sunscreen as a physical blocker versus chemical, so the physical blockers would have uh, metals such as zinc oxide and titanium oxide and or zinc or titanium are kind of the key words instead of trying to memorize zinc oxide, titanium dioxide. So just zinc or titanium. Absolutely, yes. And you definitely want to look for those products. Any kind of sunscreen, such as the chemical sunscreens that does not contain that, still works. And that's great that people would use them. A lot of times they prefer those because it just goes on so much easier. It's not a whitish or a tintish or opaque look. However, um, we do have very elegant sunscreens. Um, you could easily find them at any dermatologist's office. You know, pharmaceutical-grade sunscreens that have clear or transparent zinc. Or if not, if you look at the drugstores, just look for transparent or micronized zinc. And it would usually go on very nicely and elegant where you won't have that lifeguard, white nose uh, look of the zinc oxide. Now, you could use those those topical sunscreens, the titanium oxide, the zinc oxide. You could use them forever. They're generally inert. You don't develop reactions to them. You can apply them. They work great. Yes. Preferred? Preferred. Definitely preferred because the zinc and the titanium will sit on the skin, usually not be absorbed by the skin at all. And it works really great because it reflects the sun's UV radiation, A and B, So it's a broad-spectrum radiation protection and reflects it off the skin, whereas the other chemical sunscreens, which still, you know, is really good if you're using any kind of sunscreen. That's a really good thing. Um, We just want to kind of look more for zinc or titanium to really protect against the harsh UV radiation rays. Now, what kind of SPF am I looking for? Because I always thought the bigger the number, the better. But then I've talked to folks and they say, you know, anything above 15 to 30, really not that much different as far as percentage of UVA, UVB blocking. So you don't have to look for SPF 100. You know, 75 is just as good. True, false, am I just trying to be a reflector? Yes, you're definitely trying to be a reflector. And like I said, going back to the um, active ingredients, it's more important to flip that tube or bottle over and look at the active ingredients because a better, more reflective product, a, a product that would protect your skin more would be anything that contains zinc or titanium and even iron oxide. And that would be a better, a more uh, broad-spectrum protection. So that would be optimal. And if I'm looking at some of the chemical sunscreens, the avobenzone, the octaben, I don't even know how to pronounce half of them. You're doing great. If I'm looking at those, then then that's where I might see that, you know, I have to take a look at SPF numbers. And is there really a statistical difference between a 15, 30, and 100? So if we look, for example, over the counter oil, oil of Olay, if it hasn't changed, if you look at the SPF 15, the zinc oxide might be 1% to 2% versus the SPF 30 would now be 6%. So usually, if they are saying SPF 30, it usually has a higher concentration of the more active ingredient. And so, but 30 to 100, 
Do I care? Yes. No, the hundred is sort of ridiculous. It's unless you're I'm in just a being building. ridiculous. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's no um, standardized control of anything we buy over the counter. So they could say 100, and it's more marketing than science. And I clearly am a victim of marketing. Okay. Well, and it's interesting because for, boy, I would say like 20 or 30 years, I have used the very same compact from Clinique. And I'll just throw it out there. I use this Clinique compact. And it's always had titanium oxide in it as far as the sunscreen. Mm -hmm. And I've used it for years. And then they changed the colors and I flipped out. And I'm like, how could you change it? What am I going to do? But, you know, I mean, once you find one that's good, particularly for women, if you use foundation or this is like some sort of city-based powder thing, if you use anything like that and it has sunscreen, good work. If you can find those, those face ingredients, those foundations or those powders or those other types of bases that have sunscreen, why not? Because then you're putting on both. Absolutely. And a lot of, like, for example, Elta, MD, they just came up with the um, sunscreen that has a light tint and is pretty universal, just gives a more even tone. It also has hyaluronic acid, so it's a nice moisturizer. And it has 9% zinc that goes on invisible. So you have this three-in-one in one tube for $25, $30, and it's such a great protection. It just takes seconds to put on, and we're done out the door. And what's that one? That's called the Elta MD Daily Tinted Sunscreen. And you'd have to go and get that prescription? That's usually through a dermatologist's office dermatologist. or, you know, at the aesthetic center at Kaiser. Where okay. We take so you, so you do that, and so you have people come in, and you do the aesthetic evaluation, and you say to them, hey, here's this great sunscreen. It contains these three ingredients. So you have a whole aesthetic clinic. Yes, absolutely. And we are open to everyone, not just Kaiser members. We're open to the public. So if I, well, you know, I'm going to ask you about my best wrinkle cream today. But if sure. I had questions, yes, I know where to find you. Yes. Good. Okay. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with my cosmetic dermatology expert, PA Dorothy Maurice. And we're talking about ways to keep your skin looking as young as you feel. Hopefully you feel younger than your age. <laughs> and otherwise, okay, that's a whole nother show and discussion. But uh, we're talking today about how to really take a look at some of the products, some of the ingredients, find out what works best for you and not be a victim of marketing, as I admit that I clearly am. You can join our conversation at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, Dorothy, let's talk about, okay, so you've been out in the sun a bit. You've been wearing sunscreen, but maybe you didn't reapply it often enough, which is the other key. Yes. And so now you've got yourself some skin damage. You've got yourself some wrinkles. Let's pick on wrinkles first because it's not like I don't have any of those. What can I do about wrinkles? What sort of what sort of treatments are out there if you want to make it resolve and go away? Can I make wrinkles go away forever? It really depends on what kind of wrinkle we're talking about. If so it, how about this one across my forehead that luckily that I'm on radio, have. no one can see. It's there, man. <laughs> I positioned you far away in the studio. <laughs> but like the general average face wrinkle, probably from frowning, maybe, I don't know, yes. and sun damage. So can I make it go away? Yes. So the best and easiest, say, for example, let's just pick on a frown line, which is the lines that people say, they, they come in and they say, I'm tired of people asking me, why are you mad? Why are you mad? Why aren't you smiling? And it's the lines that we see between the eyebrows. And what's happening is when those cor- corrugators or frowning muscles are used, they create two creases 
in those brows that come up and down, like the number 11. So an easy, easy way to treat it would be with a neuromodulator such as Botox or Dysport, which are both FDA-approved, or the new one, it's a Zeomin. So most people know Botox. I mean, it's just an infamous, successful wrinkle annihilator, and it works amazingly great. But it's temporary. It's absolutely temporary. It works for three to four months. So usually, instead of just doing one treatment, and, you know, a lot of people come and try just one treatment, and they see a, a huge improvement. But usually if we do three treatments, it's temporary, so it lasts between three and four months. So if we do three treatments in a row, we see a beautiful softening, if not a complete Removal just depends how bad it, you know, when the patient comes in, how itched those lines are. And then do you have to, like, teach yourself not to frown? Yes, that would be a really cheap way to get rid of the wrinkles. It's just behavior modification, not frowning, being cognizant of, you know, when you're driving or when you're reading something and you're squinting or, say, people are talking to you and you don't really understand and you're frowning. So a lot of people don't even recognize that they're frowning at that moment. So, yeah, I've seen some photos once. I I have to tell you. So I went on this medical mission with a colleague of yours, and yes. somebody took some pictures. And, you know, you're just, you're busy, you're doing your thing, you're not posing for any photos. And all of a sudden, I saw these pictures, and I went, why am I frowning all the time? <laughs> I'm like, but I, I felt like I was being nice and happy, and I'm frowning in every photo. So, okay, so be careful. And, and get the frown police. You can usually get a family <laughs> member to do this or, or a staff member in your office to tell you every time you're frowning, and then you'll know how much you do it. Okay, so Botox or some other, you mentioned neuromodulator. So basically, freeze those muscles, don't let them contract kind of thing. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Or temporary. Sure, temporary fix. Is there any way to make it a permanent fix? What could I do to make that go away for good, or is it just far too late? So particularly for that those lines, the frowning lines, we call it the glabellar or the 11s between our brows. There, there's also surgery for those who are interested where the plastic surgeon would go in and, you know, simply permanently, permanently make that muscle mm-hmm. unable to contract. Okay. Yes. I think I like behavior modification <laughs> on that one. All right. And, so stop frowning. And wearing sunglasses or wearing sure. the appropriate vision glasses or wearing a hat when you're out in the sun. So all that helps to prevent, you know, that squinting motion that creates that frown or angry look. So where else might you get wrinkles? Like, what about around the eyes? You know, I mean, lots of people say, you know, you can tell who's had Botox. And, you know, in Hollywood, they talk about whose face doesn't move. But what about some other areas that might be a little too delicate to be doing things like Botox in, like, the corners of your eyes or underneath or, you know, around that area? What else can you do if you have, let's call them not frown lines. What about smile lines? Smile lines. Smile lines, because you (laughs) smile so much. What do you do about those? So, um, once again, we could do Dysport or Botox. Uh, For the crow's feet is what we call them when we're smiling and you kind of see, like, See, smile lines lines is so much better than, like, crow's Crow's lines. (laughs) You know, crow's feet, it's, like, making me feel bad about myself. Smile. Lines. I smile so much. I get lines. So what? It, so you could do something like like Botox or some way to freeze that muscle. What else could you do? You could definitely wear sunscreen around that area. Keep okay. the skin hydrated. So we definitely want to have a moisturizer or eye cream. Um, we could do laser resurfacing, which is a really nice uh, treatment. In the right hands, the laser is an amazing, amazing um, technology that we can. So, for example, we have the fractional non-ablative laser where we can just. Use a laser to soften up the lines of the crow's feet without using any neuromodulators, Botox, or Dysport. So that's another nice way as well. Does that make it permanent? 
when you're lasering it? Uh, not necessarily permanent, but much softer. Okay. And it is, you know, a, an improvement where our patients are very happy with the results. And they can see it, literally. They can literally see it, yes. Multiple treatments? Multiple treatments. And if they decide to do the Botox or the Dysport, even better, because it's just a beautiful Combination result. effect. Yes. Okay. All right. But we don't want to teach them not to smile. Never. Never. Okay. We so always that's behavior modification. <laughs> we're not going to tell. We're going to make, not make people uh, avoid smiling in that case, so... Okay. What about around the mouth area? A lot of people say, you know, this is another location where people often don't think about sunscreen maybe right around their mouth or on their lips or anything like that. Um, What about wrinkles around that area? So this is a great use of uh, what we call the dermal fillers, and they're natural. They're called hyaluronic acid, and you can have... um, injections of that. And hyaluronic acid is a normal component. It's ubiquitous. It's, you know, in our joints. It's in our skin. You mentioned it was in one of those moisturizers earlier. Yes, okay. absolutely. That's exactly it. It's in the Elta the MD Daily Tinted. And it's definitely in that. And what we would do is we inject hyaluronic acid into the nasal labial folds, which are the lines between the nose and the lips, or into the frowning mouth uh, folds or the marionettes, which are the lines from the corner of the mouth to the chin, because a lot of people start looking like a puppet, and hence that's why they're called marionettes. And we can easily fill it with simple injections of hyaluronic acid. So not only are we replacing volume where the wrinkles are, but it also stimulates your own body's uh, production of collagen. So we have collagenesis, your own production of collagen. And that's something that could make this a little last a little bit longer. Absolutely. It can last anywhere from a year and a half to two years. I have patients, some patients that last three to five years. Everyone's really different. It just depends on the severity of the marionettes and how much sagging they have or volume loss and sun damage. And, of course, we have to take into account factors where pe- if people smoke, then it's even worse. I mean, you know, the... Nicotine, just the whole smoking motion of pursing your lips, holding the cigarette, you know, between your lips, those can create really harsh, severe vertical lip lines on the top lip where you have sort of these harsh lines. And that's a a great place for the hyaluronic acid or dermal fillers uh, to also correct those lines. All right, boy, I'm learning a lot all about how to avoid having, you know, I say smile lines. You guys call them crow's feet and (laughs) marionette lines and all these harsh lines. And, boy, I'm glad the lighting in here is a little bit on the darker (laughs) side. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with cosmetic dermatology expert Dorothy Maurice from Kaiser Permanente. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about what are some of these other new products that I keep seeing advertised in magazines that say I'm going to look like I'm in my 20s. I want to know more about it. And what's the best wrinkle cream out there? What should I go get? We'll be right back after a quick break. But remember, you can join us 941-3689, toll free from our friends in the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We'll be right back. Seth Meyers spent 12 and a half years on Saturday Night Live. Now he's hosting Late Night Every Night. So what does he think? The nice thing is you get to do a lot of shows and you get to learn from them. You are less precious about it because you always have one the next day. I'm Kai Rizdal. Late Night with Seth Meyers. Next time on Marketplace from APN. This evening at 6, following The Body Show. I saw a dress on a woman at a party and I wanted it for myself. 
It was a long printed dress. It looked comfortable and light and cool and inscrutably chic. Wanting that dress. This week on Selected Shorts from PRI, Public Radio International. Tuesday at 5 p.m. following Travel with Rick Steves. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Sacred Hearts Academy, and Hawaii Supply. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with cosmetic dermatology PA Dorothy Maurice from Kaiser Permanente. And we're talking about skin care today. What are some of the ways that we can all find things that are available either over-the-counter prescription or even injectable to make us look and feel our best. So we were talking before the break about different lines that occur on the face, and you mentioned some skin changes that can occur as we get older. What are those things that changes as we age? As we start to develop more age-related changes to the skin, do we lose collagen? Do we produce less hyaluronic acid ourselves? At what point do those changes happen in people's lives? And and are there things they can do topically to restore that? You said sometimes injecting the derma, derma fillers or the, the hyaluronic acid helps. Does it actually help if you put it on topically? Uh, we believe so. It's, you know, the skin is a great barrier, but it also is absorbable. I mean, if you, if you put lotion on your dry hands, you'll notice that it definitely helps. And the same thing with the skin on the face. Um, so... Using a product that has uh, hyaluronic acid or just actually just any kind of moisturizing product that doesn't give you a contact dermatitis or an allergy or a rash is excellent as long as we are able to hydrate. And, you know, first and foremost, we want to protect it from the sun. So wearing a sunscreen is definitely first and foremost. If you are seeing a, um, a physician assistant or dermatologist or even a nurse practitioner in dermatology, you could be prescribed Retin-A. And that's, you know, prescription strength. It helps to exfoliate the top layer of skin, helps to create a more even tones, helps with fine lines and collagen production as well. If you just want to go to longs per se and, and get something over the counter as a moisturizer or, you know, even to Costco, we would want to look for the keyword retinol because it is a derivative of Retin-A. It's not nearly as strong. It's a, you know, very small amount, but it that is a nice product as well to look in a moisturizer. So look for Retin-A, look for, what about AHAs? What are those? Alpha hydroxy acids. Is that, why do I want that? An acid seems so caustic to the face, but you're telling me I should like it. Yeah, uh, that's another peeling agent as well. So it can help exfoliate the top layer of skin. When we're younger, our epidermis or top layer would exfoliate much quicker. But so one of those age changes yes. is that it doesn't exfoliate as quick. Yes, not at all. And so it could, you can have layers of dead skin on your face, and it would give it kind of a ruddy appearance. So to give it a nice, um, more refreshed, youthful appearance, we could use things such as... Um, the alpha-hydroxy yes. acids, the AHAs. Ret- retinol, okay. retin-A. All right, we've got a caller on the line, and I'm going to ask you about some of those... Those like face scrub thingies. Sure. So let's talk first to Michelle from Mano. And Michelle, welcome to the Body Show. Hi. Hi there. What Thank can you. we do for you? Hello, Michelle. What can we do for you today? Hi. I was just wondering if you've heard of the procedure called Venus Freeze, and if you thought that was any good for lifting 
around the lower part of the face and building collagen. So it's called Venus Freeze? Yes, it's supposed to be a radio frequency kind of thing. Well, it sounds, I mean, I uh, clearly I mentioned I'm marketing, you know, I'm susceptible. So if you tell me <laughs> that I might get a little free sample of something, I'm probably going to buy it. Okay, so you're talking about some sort of a procedure, a Venus, a radio frequency sort of freezing of the face that helps to lift it up and build collagen. Dorothy, have you heard about something like that? Yes. Uh, when I used to work at Dr. Mott's uh, private practice or Hawaii Skin Cancer Center, uh, we are one of the first on the islands to use radio frequency. Skin tightening is uh, basically called thermage, and it uses radio frequency to kind of heat up the collagen, and it also tightens. And it did create a, a, a more youthful look without surgical uh, treatment. Temporary? Um, it seemed to last, yes, temporary. It seemed to last okay. about 18 months because, you know, the whole aging process is very dynamic. <laughs> it continues you telling me I never stop aging? <laughs> okay. All right. So, Michelle, yes, we've heard of it. Well, Dorothy's heard of it. And she said, yeah, it works. It's temporary, but it can help. Oh, thank you. You're All welcome. Right. Well, thanks for asking about it. I'm always feeling like I'm learning something new. So let's talk about some of those. You said exfoliation is an issue. And if if you exfoliate correctly, maybe your body will make more collagen to repair your skin. So what about some of those, like, those things they talk about? I don't know what you would call them, sort of those brushes that vibrate around in a the circle. Clarisonic. Yeah, Clarisonic. Yeah. Is that good? I see, the, I see the ads in the magazines, and I'm like, ooh, I want that woman's skin. So, so is that something I want to consider? It really depends. Um, if you're prone to acne, it might not be a good thing to be shaking up the sebaceous glands and shaking up okay. the oil glands. It just may irritate it more. I mean, we see uh, almost an exacerbation of it when the teenagers are, it, you know, using the Clarisonics. But you do for- know I'm not a teenager. <laughs> I mean, I want to look like one, but it's not going to happen. So, okay, so if you have acne, don't go there. And then if you don't have acne and you want to exfoliate, should you try like a little small patch of your face so that you don't like make your whole face super red? Yes. Initially, I mean, for me, this is a weird thing. It, it And this is totally anecdotal and just possibly and probably only for me. It, it would make me sneeze. <laughs> Some kind of reflex that was triggering. You would use my it nose. and sneeze all over. <laughs> sneeze a lot. So okay. but it's a great because it's like using the ultrasound uh, technology and it's it's a brushing that just really helps exfoliate the skin. Want to be very careful never to use it around the eyes because it's skin around the eyes is at least 10 times more delicate and thinner. And so we definitely don't want to use the Clarisonics around the eyes. But, you know, in, in areas that, especially after using, you know, heavy sunscreens, say if you're golfing or out in the sport water and you have the sunscreens on, that's a great way to cleanse the skin with the Clarisonic brushes. Now, should you be just, when you wash your face, you know, I noticed maybe about a year or two ago that I used to love to use like these, don't get acne products. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm beyond that age. So all of a sudden I found that that using sort of moisturizing soap for your skin just makes it feel better as opposed to astringent kind of stuff for your skin. Is there an age at which you should just put away the acne creams, put away the salicylic acid stuff? Listen, get over it. You don't need to use that anymore. You got to get like the old lady creams. That's what I call it now. It's like, let me go find out what are the best old lady creams, you know? So is there a point at which you just stop using acne treatments, just move on and start getting moisture? 
Well, for sure, if you don't have acne, you definitely don't want to use that because you, you could be over-drying your skin, which we definitely don't want to do. And moisturizing is always a good thing, especially if it's not in the T-zone and you're not prone to acne. And, you know, hydrating the skin, keeping it nice and supple is an excellent thing to do. Now, do I want to get the really heavy moisturizers or do I want to get the liquidy ones that sort of get absorbed easily? Which one would I want or maybe both? I think it's just a matter of preference. Like for those that are really dry, you know, you do kind of want a nice moisturizing agent that's kind of a thick cream that stays on, but some people may not even want the texture or the feel of it. What about like the new, they have these like age renewal oil and you actually put put like oil on your face. Is that just kind of crazy? Or is that supposed to be good for me? It really depends on the skin type because, you know, you could have really dry skin and, and nothing works except an oil, something that's really thick. Or you could have something that's, you know, you can have skin that's just gorgeous and you barely need any moisturizing and just want something nice and light. I mean, I remember fighting oil as a teenager forever. And now I find like maybe I should go buy it because you read the ad and it says all these great things. And so really look at your skin type and figure it out. How do you know your skin type? I mean, does it change over time? I imagine it might. It definitely changes over time. I mean, just the whole process of aging, you know, like for instance, when we're talking about aging and the lines and the wrinkles, the whole osteoporosis process where we start losing calcium in the spine also occurs in our facial bones. So the I can orbit- get osteoporosis in my face bones. <laughs> yes. You've I- just blown me away. Yeah, the orbit of the eyes start to get larger. If you look at skulls, um, our mandible starts to recede back. And so now we now we can have like a hanging or sagging look where the you know you get the marionettes and the nasolabial fold so it starts to fall, and so doing procedures, if you know I mean the the goal and the desire to maintain a beautiful appearance crosses all cultures all economic. Um, yeah, everybody wants to everyone, look younger yes. and better. I mean, not okay, I shouldn't say that. Not everybody, but a lot of people want to, and many a study has been done about how younger people are treated differently and all these sorts of things. So I'm victim. Absolutely. I want to look younger. So so how would you, so, you know, we want to go ahead and make sure that we respond to these changes. And you said, freaking me out, osteoporosis of your face, <laughs> which is just scary. But thank you for that vivid image today. <laughs> but then, you know, when we're looking at using different products, how would our skin type, for example. So if you were to try and tell me, here's how you know your skin type, what would be an easy way for somebody out there to say, oh, my skin is dry. Oh, my skin needs more moisture. Or at a certain age, does everybody just need moisture? It's very helpful to definitely have moisture because we know the skin barrier doesn't function as well as when time passes. And the easiest way, if you saw an esthetician who is you know, well-trained or a dermatologist or a PANP, they could tell you your skin type and what exactly, you know, from a professional level, what they would think is more appropriate for you. Otherwise, if we just look at our skin and it looks dry, yes, it's dry skin. We should definitely moisturize at night. The best thing to do is not after your shower, like definitely avoid a hot shower. Because avoid that, a hot shower on your but face particularly but we're old and our muscles feel better <laughs> when we're in a hot shower maybe not on your face okay because <laughs> that causes more water loss and as soon as you come out of the shower if you pat your face if you find a nice moisturizer that you like you know it's been shown that if you get it within a few minutes it does help protect the barrier so like get out of the, the shower and quick put on the yes. moisturizer <laughs> so you know why do people, when they go do facials, have a hot towel put on their face? If you just said, don't have your hot face. I think at that point, they're just trying to open, open up, up the your pores, pores and then be able to cleanse it more or 
maybe they're putting a vitamin C serum on it or they're putting some other agent to help even up the tone. So let's talk about some of those serums and stuff. I mean, what should your good skincare routine be? I mean, it, you know, so you wash your face and then you want to do something simple and and also protect your skin. So are you putting on serums and then moisturizers and then some other kind of moisturizer and then a mask? And what are you what? How do I make it simple and easy? I think the most simplest thing is is the number one thing is cleansing. And right after cleansing, if it's in the daytime, you definitely want to get a sunscreen on. Whether or not it has a nice moisturizer, just, you know, you want to look for zinc or titanium, hopefully in your sunscreen. If you have oily skin, maybe you want to do an oil-free or moisturizing free and just have those uh, physical blockers on as a sunscreen. Okay, so morning, clean, sunscreen. sunscreen. And then for those of, for us women, if we want to have makeup and and have a moisturizer, then getting a product that has three Both. in one. okay. Or three in one, yes, the, the triple uh, well, sunscreen. what's my three? Makeup, sunscreen? Moisturizer. Moisturizer and makeup. And makeup all in one product. Okay. That would be the easiest thing for you to do. And then for, you know, at night, after we cleanse our skin, if it's possible to go ahead and get a moisturizer quickly, that would be a really good way to hydrate the skin and keep it hydrated. And being careful to pat around the eyes and not rub the uh, moisturizing agent on. Now, why do they sell separate eye creams and face creams? Can you use your eye cream on your face or your face cream near your eyes? I, I would say yes. I mean, a lot of this to is marketing. One of those? You know, a lot of it is marketing propaganda. I know. I'm it's not necessarily scientific-based evidence. But we do know that when we moisturize our skin, whether it's the skin under the eyes or whether it's the skin on our cheek, it does definitely help to keep it nice and supple. So I can use my face moisturizer around my eyes, and I could use my eye moisturizer on my face. Yes, you could. Um, the eye usually the eye cream is usually more expensive. It is sometimes um, not as runny, so it doesn't get into the eyes. So one benefit so of thicker. certain eye creams, okay. yes, is that it it goes on it without getting into the eyes. So you know that's that is a nice. Um, Property extra to benefit. have, okay. extra benefit. Do you but put, you, you can definitely use it all. All right. Do you put it on the eyelid or just underneath? Underneath and not too close because we don't want to get it in the eye again. Okay. And, yeah, on the upper is great too because there put it is there der- dermatochalasis where the skin is, you know, sun damage or excess and it starts to hang. So it's Yes, hanging. You guys make me feel bad about life. You know, <laughs> hanging skin and frown lines. I mean, you know, smile lines and I don't know. No, Some that's sort of like, you know, memory lines or something. <laughs> I mean, make me feel better about getting older. Okay. So that's the one thing that we hear, that patients come in and they say, you know, I'm not mad, I'm not sad, and I'm tired of looking like that. So doing a little bit of Botox or Dysport or fillers or dermal fillers um, or even, you know, laser resurfacing or just something simple as sunscreen and, and moisturizer does help to create a more youthful face, and it's something that is non-invasive, in-office procedure that we can definitely help with. And that's sort of the key is, you know, some people, hey, listen, if I'm all for plastic surgery. If you want to do it and that makes you feel good, you go do it. I have no problem with it. I personally am probably not going to do it. Um, I just may be too lazy to do it. But 
On the other hand, hey, if you're going to do it, that's great. So invasive procedures, fine. If that's what makes you feel better, you go for it. Non-invasive office procedures, I think that's what a lot of people kind of want to try to sort of see. Does it make me look like someone totally different? Does it make me look like more of myself? Do I look like those pictures that I seem to tell people is really me when it's like 12 years old? And that's <laughs> not my. That's not what I look like anymore. But uh, okay, so, so, so what are some of the other in-office, non-invasive procedures that we might not otherwise think about when we say, let's just put on a cream. Because if you've, if you've gotten your moisturizing, if you've gotten your sunscreen, and you still want to do something else, what's the next step? We had Michelle from Manoa call us about doing some sort of radio frequency type of treatment. What else is out there? Uh, we haven't talked about Sculpture, which is poly-L lactic acid. It's the same material as sutures or stitches. It's been used in medicine for very long, for a few decades, and very safely. And what are we doing with our stitches? So with these stitches, we pulverize it, or the company does, and then we um, inject it. It's So it comes in a liquid form, and we inject it. It's sort of called like the liquid facelift, the in-office facelift, non-surgical facelift procedure, and it just helps to volumize the face. So as time passes, most people either sink or sag or both. So we can get the sinkers, like the Abe Lincoln, where the cheeks sink in and they have this really concave cheeks, very sunken look. Or they can have the saggers where things just really hang or sag down, where we're getting a lot of volume in the skin on the lower mouth area. So putting something like polylactic acid or sculpture, we inject it along and it just creates more lifting. Like we can put it up in the cheeks and it just creates more you know, filling and also in the hollow part of the cheeks. Again, temporary, but can you can you do it again and again? I mean, are some of these measures that are temporary, you can go back and do it again. I know with Botox, you can do it every you know year, every year and a half or so. With some of these other injectables that you're talking about, you can do it more than once. Absolutely. So for the sculptures per se, you usually would do at least three treatments, you know, spread over um, a month apart. Uh, with the Botox, yes, every three to four months is usually how long it lasts, and it's uh, safe to do that. And you could do it plenty of times. There's not really a limit. No, not really a limit. And the one nice thing, say, let's talk about the um, sculpture, is that if we create a volume lifting of the face, then that can hold you over for years. I mean, I have patients where we've looked at their pre-treatment pictures, and we're talking, I've been doing this for about 12 years now. You know, we're talking about 10 years ago, and they look, today, they look younger than they did back then. So it's really a nice way to kind of keep sculpting or maintain that youthful appearance without any surgical correction. And, you know, surgery definitely does have a place, but not a lot of people are able or wanting to do that. And, and if not, we're happy to help. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with cosmetic dermatology expert Dorothy Maurice from Kaiser Permanente. And we're talking a little bit about ways to make the skin look as young as hopefully we're feeling. Although after all this skin talk about sagging and and hollowness, I don't know how young I'm feeling after all. Um, But we're talking today about ways to make the skin feel better and look better so that we can do correct things to keep our skin healthy. You can join our conversation at 941-3689. Toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about what are some of the easy ways that we can go to either our local grocery store, our local pharmacy, our local department store, and even what sort of products you might be available at a dermatologist or cosmetic dermatology office that might be of interest. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. 
What will 33 cents get you? One bite of a burger? A little more than 10 minutes in a parking meter? Exactly a third of a 99-cent app. What will 33 cents a day get you? Inspiration and epiphanies. Hours of music that soothes your soul. Interviews that'll make you the smartest person in the room. What will 33 cents a day get you? A sustaining membership to Hawaii Public Radio and knowing that you're taking care of the public radio station that's been taking care of you. You're worth it. So is HPR. This is Gene Schiller, HPR Music Director. Challenge 2015 goes on the air on April 15th, and your early gift of $10 a month will give us a real head start and perhaps even shorten the drive. Please call our membership office during business hours at 955-8821 or pledge online at hawaiipublicradio.org. $10 a month, it's less than 33 cents a day, and it's your call. Thanks. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dorothy Maurice. She is a physician assistant, cosmetic dermatology expert at Kaiser Permanente, and we're talking today about ways to help the face and or other areas of skin on the body keep that youthful appearance and stay protected from the sun and make sure that we all put our best face forward, if at all possible, at any time. Now, before the break, we were talking about some of the ways that people can use injectable products and various different fillers and sculpting agents that can really help promote this youthful appearance of the face, since that's the area where we often identify each other and see one another. And it doesn't necessarily have to make you look different than yourself. You might just look younger. You mentioned somebody who looked 10 years younger and the same as they did maybe a decade ago, but still looking like themselves. Absolutely, yes. Right. Well, we've got Ed on the line from Kaneohe. Ed, welcome to the Body Show. Um, hi, good afternoon. Uh, sorry to change it up. I, um, uh, I have a question on what we were talking about. You guys were talking about at the beginning of the hour. Um, sunscreen, uh, basically. Um, you, you were talking about um, you know the science behind it, and I was wondering. Well, I, well two questions on that. Um, when I, I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find anything on it. It just got swarmed by um, you know um, uh, other things, um, commercial sites, and all that kind of stuff. So I was wondering where I could find the science behind the sunscreen for one, and um, two, I was wondering about refractory period uh, for sunscreen. So, for example, I, if you get uh, burned like in a half an hour out of sunscreen, uh, out in the sun, without any sunscreen or something. Um, what, what would like is that like a half an, an hour over the entire day, over an hour? Like if you take twenty minutes in the sun and like out of the sun for twenty minutes and then in the sun for twenty minutes, you get burned. Like is, is there anything like any science behind that? I don't know. I've always had that question. Interesting question, Ed. So so. First of all, your question was like the science of using sunscreen, and and we'll talk about that in just a sec. The next was like, is it an hour all day? Is it 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there? And it's one of the things that I've noticed that has happened in medicine is that, you know, with a lot of things we say like exercise an hour a day, it can be 10 minutes, 10 times through or six times throughout the day, et cetera. But with sun exposure, I think when we're talking about being out in the sun, if you're out there for 10 or 15 minutes and you don't burn... And then you're inside for four hours in your office, and let's say you walk home another 10 or 15 minutes. That doesn't necessarily mean that you've had 30 minutes of complete high sun level exposure for the day. You know, whereas we can take exercise and break it down into these 10 minutes and add it all up cumulative at the end of the day, that's not really the way we're going to do sun exposure. Because some people can be out in the sun for, you know, an hour and never have any major damage, and some people 
can be out in the sun for 10 minutes and start to feel themselves burn. So I think the second part of your question is it's not cumulative. And if you are indoors and outdoors, indoors and outdoors, um, general sun protection is good. But you know, you wouldn't necessarily add up all your sun exposure of the day and say, oh, no, I've had direct sun exposure for an hour when it hasn't really been continuous. Um, Dorothy, I don't know if you counsel patients along the same lines, because, you know, I try and stay out of the sun from like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Absolutely. Because that's like prime sun time and I'm a burn. You know, I, yes. I when I was a kid, I used to tan, but not anymore. I turn into a lobster. So I try and stay away from prime sun time to be outdoors unless I'm protected with sunscreen. But if you have somebody like Ed who's periodically exposed throughout the day, that's not as dangerous as if he was standing out there all day long. Wouldn't that be right? Absolutely. I mean, the sun UV radiation, UVA, UVB, I mean, it. you want to be careful about being outdoors in, you know, active, hot sun hours. So you definitely, here in Hawaii, it's kind of like, the best time is maybe two hours after sunrise and two hours before sunset, basically, because we get so much sun. Um, you definitely want to be covered if you are in the peak sun hours. You know, clothing is an excellent way to protect the skin without putting any type of sunscreen on. There is sun protective clothing. I think it's Sunday afternoons. They have a whole brochure. They have an SPF of 50. It's tightly woven, wearing hats, glasses. That all like, helps. Isn't all clothing sun protection in a way? I mean, unless you have holes in your clothes, aren't you going to get, like, some protection? <laughs> you do get some protection, but the ones that say the SPF with the, with the rating, they, they are actually even more protective. But, yes, having clothes on is definitely I helpful. mean, I'm not suggesting, Ed, to take your clothes off, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, if I just wore my regular shirt and, and then I didn't buy the fancy SPF shirt, am I getting enough protection that I still have something from my regular shirt? And you're saying, yeah, something. Absolutely. You are definitely more protected than you would be without. Sure. I mean, I notice if I'm if I'm dumb enough to go out without sunscreen, which I hope doesn't happen ever again. You know, I mean, I'll be like, oh, look, there's my there's my shirt line where it's it's still pale above the shirt and then below the shirt I've gotten color. So I would think that, you know, your shirt would be protective. So so be careful out in the sun. And you don't have to add it cumulatively. If Ed's outside for a half an hour, goes inside, does some stuff, goes out again, it's not like he has like an hour of prime sun exposure. His skin kind of got a break. Yes. I mean, we definitely right. still want to, you know, be protective and be conscientious about having peak sun exposure and just trying to be covered either with sunscreen or clothing or hats and sunglasses. All right. I'm going to get myself a hip looking hat. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't think I have a head for hats, but I'm, I'm going to get one. Now, Ed asked another question about the science. What is the science behind sunscreen? Is oh, there any we have. science behind it? And I know that there is, and I can't say I understand it, other than like the blocking agents that, you know, that zinc and titanium just reflect stuff for you. But what is the science behind sunscreen? Well, first of all, we know that, you know, um, skin cancers are on the rise globally. And it's very... Aside from certain ones that are highly genetic, I mean, sun is the number one cause of skin cancers. And so we know the science of wearing sunscreen is definitely going to protect you from a, a, a preventable uh, skin cancer. And using anything that's um, a sunscreen is very protective. But definitely, um, I think if you look at the Elta MD website, they should have a UV. I know they have the, um, I use their, 
education or patient education quite a lot. It shows like UVA, UVB, and it shows all the different chemical sunscreens. And it also compares that to zinc and titanium physical blockers. And it shows the spectrum of coverage and protection across the UVA and UVB. So that's, you know, science right there. And it shows you what levels of protection you have with the different types of sunscreen. So how do you spell ELTA? I mean, is it E-L-T-A? Yes. So I could just Google Elta MD and find all of this information. Kind of gives me a little bit more about the science behind the sunscreens, what different ones, what are chemical ones, topical ones. Mm-hmm. And is it easy to understand? It's pretty easy because it, it's in a chart. So okay. charts are really easy. I mean, it's they show you the blue Some or whatever stuff it about is. It. Okay. Very simple. Kind of makes it, it easy mm-hmm. so you can kind of understand it. That's important because, you know, sometimes it gets really complicated and the more complicated it gets, sometimes you just tune out. I mean, there were a couple of classes I know of that I took in math, and I'm like, what? What is this, you know, trigonometry? Huh? Why? <laughs> okay, so if we make it easy, then I think people are more likely to understand it a bit. And so, okay, so Ed, I hope that answers your question. Go to some of the websites, medical websites. Elta MD is one. Mayo Clinic is another website that I always champion. I'm a little biased. I did my training there. Um, but Hopkins has a good website, and Mass General has a good website. You know, places where you might get the non-commercial sort of information that really gives you the good, just basic science and and helps you to understand the condition. So, so let's talk a little bit more about things that we can do for our skin. Now, we talked a little bit about anti-aging creams and sunscreen. Let's sort of go through, let's go through my faves. So let's pretend I'm going to a local pharmacy and I want to get myself a good moisturizer. And you said I'm looking for certain types of ingredients. What kind of ingredients am I looking for if I'm like heading to Long's or Walgreens or something? Where, What kind of stuff? I want moisturizer. So hyaluronic acid is one. Um that's, you know, like I said, a natural component in the skin. And it's not like acid-acid. It's no, not, not going like to burn. Acid, it's no. like helpful collagen kind of stuff. Right. So okay. you have collagen, you have hyaluronic acid. You know, those are two components that are found in the skin. So that's okay. a nice... So I'm looking for hyaluronic product. acid. Mm-hmm. What else am I looking for in my moisturizer? Um, Oil of Olay has a nice product. It has, I think it has vitamin B in it, and it helps with, you know, evening out the tones as well. Okay. And so what if I'm looking for anti-aging creams at Longs or Walgreens? So truly, the the strongest anti-aging cream would be anything that has sunscreen. So sunscreen with zinc, with titanium, anything that you like that you find that you'll use is is excellent. It's just a matter of reapplying. If you're out in the sun every two hours and sweating, that's an important thing to do as well. Okay, so if it says anti-aging, look at the ingredients. Chances are it has sunscreen in it. Yes. And look to see if it has the kind you want, the zinc oxide, titanium oxide, If not, a lot of them contain some of the chemical sunscreens. But if they're sunscreen, that's good. Okay. And then you also mentioned I might want to look for something that has retinol in it. Not as strong as prescription retin-A, but still worthwhile? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So that's if I'm going to the pharmacy. Now, what if I'm going to a department store? You know, let's say I'm heading off to go get, you know, the Lancome or Estee Lauder clinic bonus. Not that I ever buy that from marketing that makes it look so nice and pretty with those cute little bags. Um, so, okay, so if I'm going to the department store, am I looking for the same type of basic ingredients? Yes, you are. I mean, in those products, they just might have a higher concentration of it. Well, and I've noticed that a lot of their really super fancy stuff often contains sunscreen. 
And and that's where I do win against marketing. Because if it has the same sunscreen as the other sunscreen I can get at Long's or Walgreens, you know, I don't need the pretty package. So, okay. So some of the stuff the same. Look for your hyaluronic acid. Look for your retinol. Now, what what's different about prescription treatments? Because you mentioned, you know, the Alta MD. There's SkinCeuticals. There's Paracone. There's all these different other types of um, prescription or prescription-like types of treatments. What's different about those? So those are usually pharmaceutical grade, just a much higher concentration. Say, so the getting back to the Alta MD. So that's not a prescription, but it's you know, sold only at dermatologist's office or aesthetic centers or um, offices that have a board-certified dermatologist, and they usually tend to have a much more elegant product with a higher amount of zinc that goes on elegant with, you know, combination therapy. And and usually it's not that uh, profoundly expensive as you would find, say, at Nordstrom. (laughs) So when you say elegant, you mean it just might go on smooth and you can put on other stuff on top of it and you may not smell like you know, a coconut if you don't want to. Sometimes sunscreens, like, remind me of being a kid. So, you know, you could get the fragrance-free kind of stuff, maybe some other ingredients that won't irritate your skin. Yes, and usually, like like I was saying, the physical blockers, it may be, you know, transparent, but it's a high concentration of it. So it it just depends on what the goal is of the person and, and balancing that with the checkbook. So, we, you know, and, and just making it nice and, like, any sunscreen – I would like to say is is good as long as we're getting it on or protecting from the sun, which is, you know, the major cause of wrinkles and sun damage and skin cancers. Well, and you mentioned one important thing, which is you might think that the pharmaceutical grade products are going to cost a lot more. But if you look at some of the department store products, it might still actually be cheaper per ounce and have those ingredients that are higher concentration. So don't count them out just because you're not sure, you might actually be able to find some of those things. Okay. And then let's talk about prescription stuff. So as we get towards the prescription version, that's when you're talking about Retin-A as a prescription product, um, which is a higher concentration than retinol. Absolutely, way higher. Mm -hmm. And can be used regularly, routinely, help with keeping your skin. What exactly does Retin-A do? So it helps exfoliate the skin. So there could be the side effects of peeling and dryness and itching. Um, there's different percentages of that as well. And that's why speaking with a dermatologist or, or a physician assistant can help you, you know, direct you to what your goal is and, and how much side effect, if any, is is, want, is wanted. Uh, we can also prescribe hydroquinone, or also known as Melquin 4%. That is the gold standard. The Retin-A and hydroquinone or Melquin are the gold standards for minimizing and reducing and fading brown spots on the face. So if in the brown spots, sun-related, age-related. Yes. So you want to get rid of those, you get something with hydroquinone in it. Yes, hydroquinone, 4% hydroquinone. prescription okay. only. So you would have to see, you know, your doctor. Um, as far as um, there are some products over the counter that have a lower percentage of hydroquinone. Does that work? It it can, but it's, it, you know, usually it's very tiny amount. So a lot of times people say, no, I've tried that. It didn't work well because the over-the-counter is just too weak and just too little of the hydroquinone, whereas that's why a prescription would be helpful. So it, it could if it's stronger. But if it works well and you bought it over-the-counter and you're fine with it, then you could stick with that. Yes. Okay. And any other magic ingredients I need to go look for? I think those, you know, the main thing is protecting sun damage. 
You want to be a grape and not be out in the sun and turn into a raisin and then try to reverse that. So basically just really trying That's to be like a grape. just like put it in perspective. <laughs> Don't go be a grape. Don't go dehydrate yourself, be a raisin, and then think you're going to get back to a grape. Yes. All right. You know, you skin people have a lot of great things, sagging lines and, and, and the frown lines, and now you're a raisin trying to grape yourself back. All right. So, so – be realistic. Once you're a raisin, there's only so much we can do. Yes. You're not going to be a grape again. <laughs> but moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. Is there any such thing as too much moisturizing? You can. You definitely I mean, can is have. Is that possible? That is. You'll see, you know, people can get rashes if they're using the wrong product. So I just want to keep everything in moderation. Should we avoid the products with all the fancy smells? I mean, there are some brands that, like, they don't make you smell like flowers. And maybe if you have sensitive skin, you want to look towards the type that don't have the fragrances and stuff. Is that a better thing to do in general or doesn't really matter? It doesn't really matter. I mean, if you have a sensitivity towards it or a true allergy to it, you definitely want to avoid that. But some people like that, and that's what that's the right. reason, I mean, the one reason why they continue spending, you know, Exactly. Sometimes it's like the awesome smell you get, and other times. Now, can you develop an allergy or an irritation to creams that, you used, that you've used forever? I mean, could you develop some sort of an irritation from your favorite oil of Olay or Clinique or, you know, Neutrogena or whatever you use? Over time, yes, could it cause def- trouble? That definitely could happen, but usually not. I mean, it's a rare thing, but it, you, know, you just want to be careful and mindful of what's happening with your skin. If it's getting too red or too much peeling, it could be just a normal side effect and not necessarily allergic reaction. It could be a side effect that expected and that's wanted, especially if you're trying to exfoliate quicker. So it really depends on the person. And if you, if you have a good skincare routine, you wash in the morning, you put on your sunscreen, and you moisturize. In the evening, you wash, you moisturize. And really, it makes that much of a difference. You wash and quick, put on moisture real quick. They, that's what they say. It's just that their skin will retain and be more hydrated once you get the moisturizer on within a few minutes. So I've got a couple of minutes to get it all together. <laughs> do I have to use a toner? Does, do I have to do that? Is that just drying my skin? Should I not do that? Uh, the toner... Back in the day when we didn't have really great cleansers, um, you know, the toner was used to remove excess makeup. So it really depends. If you have oily skin and you're having acne problems, that's uh, sometimes, you know, something that's needed. But not for everybody. Usually not for everyone, especially if you have a great cleanser. Any cleanser with glycolic acid, salicylic acid as well can be helpful in just really cleansing the face and giving a mild exfoliation. And don't be afraid of the word acid. No, don't be afraid. It sounds bad, but it's okay. It sounds bad, like your frown lines and your sagging stuff, but <laughs> it's actually good for you. All right. Well, you know, I feel like I've learned a whole lot about cosmetic dermatology, and I've got a to-do list on things to make sure that I go purchase and not necessarily because it's pretty in the magazine and on sale. But your so, skin is gorgeous. You well, gorgeous you know, skin. from in the dark studio, from <laughs> far away where you are, Thank you for not noticing my frown lines, but I'm frowning. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Dorothy. I appreciate it. Again, you guys have an an aesthetics clinic that you can go to. You don't have to be a member. You can actually go, even if you don't have Kaiser insurance, you can still see someone like yourself and and get more advice on skin. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, thanks for being on the show today. If you want to hear this show again, you can click on our podcast, hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on Facebook. Our engineer is David Chong, our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week. We're going to talk some more right here on The Body Show. We'll see you then.